three, two, one. Hello and welcome to episode three of the JP Podcast, where we talk casually about what's going on today in the world, what's popular, what's on the tip of everyone's tongue. For me, it's water. <laughs> but seriously, how are you doing? How are you dealing with uh, the winter coldness, the darkness that's upon us? If you're on a sunny and hot tropical part of the world, be thankful for where you are. <laughs> you don't have to deal with this bullshit here in North America like we do. And uh, we're just going to dive into, uh, yeah, what's on my mind these days or what I want to talk about. And maybe you can tag along. And if you have a video or a topic that you want me to discuss in episode for future episodes of this podcast, just uh, leave a link or leave a comment down below. And uh, yeah, you will probably be featured in the next episode. Who knows? Okay, so let's get started. Let's talk about the first topic today is The Mandalorian. Thank God we have this show right now. Thank God. It's, this is the only show that I watch like with a passion these days. Uh... I mentioned uh, in previous episodes that uh, I like watching Mr. Robot, but this last season is not really interesting to me compared to the first season. It's uh, it's good in its own way, but in other parts, in other aspects, it's it's kind of disappointing for me to watch. I mean, if you compare the first season of Mr. Robot to the this last season that's uh, currently airing, it's 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 a totally different show. And the recent episode that uh, was aired last week will tell you just about like how this show just shifted into a totally different new area. And I'm not going to spoil it for you, but yeah, it's it's not the same show as it was before. For me, anyways. So yeah, I don't really like watching Mr. Robot that much. I'm not excited for the new episodes that are coming out. But for The Mandalorian, holy cow. Thank God... We have this show. If you don't know what the Mandalorian is, here's a here's the trailer. Is the world more peaceful since the revolution? It is a shame that your people suffered. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. <laughs> so let's get the obvious out of the way. Yes, it's inspired by Western movies and TV shows of the past. Yes, it's featuring uh, a bounty hunter with no face. It's just a mask. And he goes around causing trouble. There's no Jedi involved. There's no Skywalkers as the main lead. Thank God. And yes, it's really good. You have to watch it. Definitely have to watch this show. Why? Okay, let me tell you why. Okay. Star Wars in general. Here's, here's my beef with Star Wars. Okay. I don't like the Star Wars movies. I mean, they all are really subpar. They all really suck in my opinion. 
I mean, I mean, the best movie out of all of them, we can all agree, was Empire Strikes Back. And here's why. That movie wasn't directed by George Lucas. Now, here's the thing about George Lucas. George Lucas is a great creator. Okay, I'll give him that. The universe that Star Wars is based upon, that he created, yeah, he, he did an awesome, awesome job. Awesome. But as a director, he is awful. Okay, now let me tell you why. If you probably, if you saw the prequels, you'll know what I'm talking about. When you see these actors on, in his movies, I mean, these are all credible actors. These are all amazing, talented actors. Okay, you, you, if you don't believe me, just watch their other work. But when you see these actors in his movie, in his Star Wars movies, they really suck. And why do they suck? It's because they are given awful dialogue and awful direction. Okay, George Lucas is a talented creator, but he is an awful director. And he is a perfectionist, and he, he really nitpicks and keeps just... Yeah, he keeps tinkering with his movies all the time, and it makes it worse and worse and worse. It's like a, it's like a plastic surgeon that's never satisfied with his work. He just keeps hacking his uh, client until there's nothing left of him. All right. So, if you ask me to like sit down and watch the Star Wars movies from start to finish, uh, it would be torture for me. Okay. They're all awful. The prequels, the original series three, and then this latest shit that J.J. Abrams is making. And I have lots to say about J.J. Abrams. But, uh, yeah, I don't like the Star Wars movies. I don't get excited watching, sitting down and watching them. All right? And The Last Jedi was awful. And if you're going to watch The Rise, if you're going to pay money to see The Rise of Skywalker in a movie theater, you're a sucker, okay? Okay? You got fooled. You're going to be fooled twice here, okay? No doubt that I'm not going to sit and pay to watch The Rise of Skywalker in a movie theater. After what I did, what happened in The Last Jedi, felt so betrayed, no apologies, nothing. I mean, no, it's not going to happen to me again. So, The Empire Strikes Back was the best movie out of all of these, these movies. Everyone agrees. And why is because it wasn't it wasn't directed by George Lucas. It was directed by George Lucas's teacher, his film teacher. Okay? I forgot his name, Irvine something, but with his direction, he 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 put new life into Star Wars. He he focused more on the characters, the 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 relationships aspects, right? And we have the the tension between Han and Leia and then Yoda and Luke and then Darth Vader and Luke and you know these relationships. It's all about relationships now. And that's what made that movie great, okay? George Lucas is out of touch. He doesn't know anything about relationships. I don't know about his movies outside of Star Wars, but he's just an awful director. Just based on what I saw in the prequels, that was just so cringeworthy and awful. And I saw, and I paid to see all three of those movies, those prequels, in a movie theater. It was just, it was just, oh, it was unbearable torture to watch. Because he just doesn't have it as a director. You can see it. The, the actors are talented, but the scripts and the direction they were given was awful. Okay, so I would say this. The universe of Star Wars is amazing. The execution of the Star Wars movies is awful. Okay, and we have George Lucas to thank for that. And you got to ask yourself, why did George Lucas sell the rights to Star Wars to Disney? 
and I'll tell you why. He doesn't have any passion for this anymore. Okay, just imagine being George Lucas. You know, you receive like so much hate from people, like criticizing your every move, your every direction, your everything that you made. You deal with that hate every day. It snowballs, and the fans bring it up in forums and videos and. And groups and all those chats and all that, it, it gets to you. I know what it's like. Because when you're a, a creator, whether you're creating Star Wars or creating YouTube videos, you're going to get hate, a lot of it. So I can see that George Lucas was fed up. Because if he, if, he, if he wasn't fed up, if he ignored the haters, he would still be making Star Wars movies to this day. But he didn't. He's not. He gave it up. He sold out. All right? Because so he, he's not passionate anymore. He's, he's sick of the hate, I bet. So, was it a good move for him to sell Star Wars to Disney? Yes, I think so. Because if he made more movies under his direction, it would get worse and worse, and the hate would just get bigger and bigger. That's what I would say. Okay? Now, taking the universe and putting in, taking the Star Wars universe and putting it in someone else's hands who has more passion is the better move. And the result is. The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian is taken care of. It was created. The universe was created by George Lucas, but the direction is now under John Favreau, who is the director of who was the director of the first Iron Man, and John Filoni, I think his name is, right? He was in Star Wars Rebels. He was creator of Star Wars Rebels. These two guys understand Star Wars. They they did their homework. Okay? And it pays off. Like when you watch this this TV show, there's only three episodes and each of them are amazing. I just love watching him. And yeah, it it breathes new life. I have a fire now for Star Wars. Like this is what I wanted from the beginning. Like I wanted this universe and this kind of story involved and this kind of relationship and this kind of direction. It's the perfect balance now. It's the Star Wars universe is balanced now thanks to this show if you don't believe me just watch it and you'll see what i mean and here's why it's you know i'm sick of seeing star the skywalkers being front and center of every movie i'm sick of them okay luckily this show doesn't focus on skywalkers it focuses on a side character a bounty hunter that's amazing the underdog thank finally god Oh, Boba Fett. You know, we all loved Boba Fett in the first original movies, right? But now, a character like Boba Fett, the Mandalorian, is front and center. It's underdog. Finally! Something different. You know, you get a different perspective in the Star Wars universe. You know? that's And I like his take more than the Skywalker's point of view in the Star Wars universe. Because Sky... I'm just tired of it. It's, it's like seeing a TV show from the perspective of kings and queens, you know, royalty, you know? Why can't you make that universe and put it in the hands of, like, the poor, or the middle class, or some other person's perspective? And this is the final... Finally! Finally, after years and years of Star Wars movies and TV shows, we finally have it here. Thank God. And... What I like about this character, his, cult, his name is the Mandalorian, is that he wears a helmet 
And yet he is more riveting than any Skywalker or lead character in any other Star Wars movies. Why? Because he's the strong, silent, alpha male. You know, those Skywalkers are bitches, okay? Whiny little bitches. I couldn't stand Luke Skywalker in the, in the original series. I couldn't stand Anakin growing up in the prequels. I couldn't stand Ray and Poe and Finn and this new millennial generation. And here's the point. George Lucas and J.J. Abrams don't understand characters. They don't know how to develop them. They, they're wimpy people when you look at them. When you look at George and JJ, these, these guys, JJ, the problem with JJ is he starts something and doesn't know how to finish it. He starts Star Trek, but he doesn't finish it. He starts Westworld, but doesn't know how to finish it. He starts Star Wars, but doesn't know. How, you see this pattern? He starts franchise, these franchises. He, he reboots these, these old movies, and then he doesn't finish them. And then they just end really bad. I hated Star Trek, the new spinoff. I hated Westworld, where it's heading now. And I hate Star Wars after The Last Jedi. It's just getting worse and worse. So when I see J.J. Abrams, I, I know that he's going to start something, but he's not going to finish it. And that's why I'm not going to watch this Rise of Skywalker in the movie theaters. All right? But this series, Jon Favreau, here's the thing about Jon Favreau. He created... Well, he directed the, the first Iron Man movie. That movie created the MCU, okay? Out of all the Marvel movies, which one was the most memorable? Outside of Avengers, Infinity War, and Endgame. It was Iron Man, the first movie. And that movie had everything. It had the character. It had the story. It had the comedy. It had the visual effects. Everything was well-balanced. Favreau understands balance, and he does his homework. And he, he really pulled it off with his Mandalorian TV show. I mean, he's got this character. He, he, he studied Star Wars. He puts all the Easter eggs. He, he, he understands the audience that wants this show, you know, that grew up with so much disappointment from George Lucas and J.J. Abrams. So... Any project that Favreau is behind, I'm totally supportive of him because he does his homework. He listens. He understands his audience. So please, please watch Mandalorian. I just love this show. The character is so good. <laughs> the story and the music. Let me talk about the music. That's the second thing I hated about the Star Wars movies was the music. That overblown, operatic music that's just constantly blowing in your ears throughout every scene of the movies i mean, i can't stand the original soundtrack to star wars because it's just overbearing it's just overdone it's just uh, john williams say what you want about him for me he is a dinosaur he doesn't listen to them anybody except himself he just wants to blast his music in every scene of every star wars movies that's my opinion, okay? I just wish someone could shut him off in most scenes because, yeah, he has to, his presence has to be felt in every scene and in, in every Star Wars movie. So thank God they had someone else provide the soundtrack and score to this TV show, and it's much better. 
Why? Because it's less operatic. It's less less showy. It's just gritty and more westerny, and just it's just, it's more minimalistic. And that's what I like. Okay, because it reminds me. Everyone's saying it, it reminds me of a more like seventies soundtrack, like a Rocky soundtrack. I, I I tend to agree. The instruments that he uses more guitar and recorders. More Led Zeppelin like and Rocky Balboa. Yeah, I agree, and it's great. It suits this TV show. Okay, we don't need John Williams blasting his just upper class operatic music all the time. It's just that's what turned me off as well from the Star Wars movies. So this formula works, in my opinion, for the Star Wars universe more than. J.J. Abrams and George Lucas and John Williams, that formula doesn't work anymore. It's too old. It has to be retired. And thank God we have this show. So I'm looking forward to the next episodes. I'm just watching with with just I'm watch, rewatching again and again these these episodes. And that's a good telltale sign of something that's good. If it's a good movie, if it's a good TV show, you would be watching it over and over and over again. Okay, that's the sign of a good movie or TV show. That's it. So, Mr. Robot, I'm sorry to say, but I don't really. I'm not looking forward to your future episodes. I'm not rewatching those those latest episodes. It's it's too hard to watch. But Mandalorian, it's fun to watch. It's so fun. And、uh, yeah, Western movies. I'm not really a fan of Western movies, but there are some movies like, for example, Three Ten to Yuma. I really loved. And、uh, West. One thing about Western movies is that they really have an. Inf- they are really influenced by samurai movies, Akira Kurosawa movies, for example, old time ago. And I can see that transition right now from the east to the west, from samurai to western cowboys and all that. And that's what drew me to Westworld in the beginning, and、uh, that's what made me watch Akira Kurosawa movies and some Western movies like Three Three Ten to Yuma. But the the theme between samurai and western movies is loneliness. Okay. When you're a man with a gun or a samurai sword, you're on your own. The whole world is against you. It's just you and your wits. That's what the whole presence of samurai and western movies are based upon. And the Mandalorian builds upon this. Okay, it's a bounty hunter with, with his own ship, his own guns, his own weapons. He's he's left to fend for himself in this cruel, gritty world, and he it's all up to him. It's he's all alone. There's no one else that he can rely upon, except for the other Mandalorians. But you know what I'm saying? It's it's all about man versus world. I like that. Okay, because each man is alone. Each man has to. Is facing the world in his own peculiar way. So, definitely check out Mandalorian. Okay. <laughs> Look outside. They are waiting for you. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Here's another thing. A strong alpha male, silent, silent type, says very few words. Okay. A guy that rambles on and on and on. That's that's a sign of 
not an alpha male. Okay, so it's tough, strong, silent type. I like those characters. Okay, now in contrast, Rise of Skywalker just has confronting fear. It's the destiny of a Jedi. Your destiny. If this mission fails, it was all for nothing. We're not alone. Good people will fight if we lead them. Your journey. Uh, I'm not looking forward to this movie. If if I was given a free ticket, I still wouldn't be excited to see this movie. Could because, like I said, in contrast, these characters suck. I'm not rooting for any of these characters. There, there's no relationships between these characters. It's just nostalgia. Everyone's looking forward to palp seeing Palpatine. Maybe, hopefully, see Anakin Skywalker reappear or Yoda reappear or Obi-Wan reappear. It's always referring back to the past. Okay, not the present. This is kind of like uh, what modern day society is like with all these millennials and their smartphones being isolated. There's no real relationships. I mean, Poe has a bromance with Finn. Finn loves Ray, but Ray doesn't love Finn and Rose loves but there's nothing there's nothing they're just going through the motions yes, it's and then Ray and this guy <laughs> a guy and a girl fighting think about it a guy and a girl fighting who would you rather watch would you rather watch a guy fighting a guy or a guy fighting a girl. Mind you, this guy lost to this girl twice. So the third time, I'm not excited because I know he just doesn't have a chance. Doesn't stand a chance to this girl. <sighs> Imagine if this was switched up. Imagine they were boxing. Okay? They were in a boxing ring. They had gloves on. A guy and a girl. Boxing duking it out and you knew for a fact that this girl won two out of three boxing matches would you be looking forward to the third i don't think so no and on a side note this game so if you don't know what this hey, game Carol. is ready for a rematch later yeah anytime sounds good on your way to training? Always. All right, then. I'll see you later. Bye. This is a, a new game that was recently released called the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And uh, it's just a video game that is uh, based upon this, this boy, this guy. And uh, so far, it looks good. But I'll tell you why it's turning me off. Like, I don't want to watch this game because, or play this game. It's because ugh, the lead character is a ginger. <laughs> He's not, now here's the thing. I don't have anything against gingers, but here's another thing. This guy is not good looking. Look, this is your lead character. 
He's not a good looking guy. <laughs> and I can't stand his voice. And he looks similar to Luke Skywalker when he was young. So that's what's throwing me off. I mean, this game looks good. The action looks great. But it doesn't make me want to play it because of this lead character. It looks really dull. He looks like the face. He looks like the face of a a customer that would buy this game. Like a you know, nothing special about his face facial features is what I'm saying. Doesn't really have any personality or characteristic that makes me root for him either. He looks like another throwaway character, just like that Ray girl, you know. So. If you're asking me, like, would I play this game? No, I wouldn't because, yeah, he looks really boring. I mean, make some interesting characters. Come on. Stop, you know, like making these cookie-cutter white male or white female lead characters that have very bland features. And the Mandalorian, in contrast, is so different from all of these characters. You see, like, they don't show his face. He doesn't talk a lot. His actions speak louder than words. He's a side character that nobody really pays attention to. He's a bounty hunter. <laughs> he doesn't have a lightsaber. He doesn't believe in any of those Skywalker or the Force bullshit. You know? We need more of these kind of characters. Like, different. Different. Totally different. That's what I'm saying. So, Mandalorian good. Jedi Fallen Order, bad. Rise of Skywalker, awful, the worst. Okay, that's my take on this. <laughs> These three, okay? If you disagree or agree with me, go ahead, leave a comment down below. Let me know your thoughts on these three. But uh, yeah, let's move on, okay? Everyone's talking about this. Tesla Cybertruck. <laughs> Cybertruck unveil. We created an exoskeleton. <laughs> nice. Now hit the Cybertruck. Yeah. What else can we do with this truck? Let's shoot it. That's a nine millimeter bullet shot at the door. So it's, it's, it's ultra hard, cold rolled, a stainless steel alloy that we've developed. We're going to be using the same alloy in, in the Starship rocket and in the Cybertruck. Let's, uh, let's, let's show the glass demo. So first, first, this is regular glass. This is like normal glass, car glass. We want to show you what happens with normal car glass. Now I'll show you Tesla armor glass. Yeah. Yeah, so it's still, still there, I guess. Or Franz, could you try to break this glass, please? Yeah. Sure? Yeah. Oh, my fucking God. Well, maybe that was a little too hard. Yeah. <laughs> Should we try on the beer? <laughs> sure? Yeah. It didn't go through. That's so that's a, that's a plus side. Let's try the right. Try that one, really? Okay. Yeah. Sure. 
<laughs> oh man, it didn't go through. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so let's talk about this truck. I think this is genius. Okay. Why? Because first of all, take a look. Everyone is talking about this design. Some people say it's ugly. Some say it's awesome. It's polarizing. That's what I like. I mean, if you wanted, if Elon wanted to play it safe, he would have made a, a just a regular looking truck, okay. And the fact that he he's trying to go for that retro look, and come on, when you think about it, what was the first thing that you thought about when you first saw this? I first thought '80s Back to the Future DeLorean, stainless steel. Yeah, the design was all angular angles, right? And think about it, like back in the 70s and I don't know, mostly 80s, right? Cars were angular. And then later on, they became smoother, rounded edge and all that, right? So the only way to go back to that polarizing effect was to make it angular and all that. Eh, not bad. <laughs> so room for improvement. And everyone's asking about, like, okay, the glass. Uh, was it staged? Who knows? But uh, everyone's talking about it. And if everyone's talking about it, that has more eyes watching. And uh, if you look at YouTube trending, like there's like six or seven videos about the Cybertruck on the top 10 trending. So people are talking about it, which is good because when people are talking about it, it's free publicity. If it was a normal event with round, like a normal looking truck with uh, windows that weren't shattered, then nobody would be talking about it. Okay? It would be forgotten after a day or so. But now everyone's talking about it. Me, I like the design. It's totally different. It's refreshing. I mean, all these trucks that they're competing with, they look the same. They're all rounded. They're all like this rectangular shape. But this shape is like a big fuck you to the, the truck industry and say, hey, we got, we're going to be going the complete opposite route and do something totally different. And I like it. And the outer shell looks awesome. It's like, here's, here's what I want to say. I would like to see... Tesla create a modern day DeLorean. I'm serious. Like, I'm not me, I'm not a truck fan, I'm not a truck driver. Uh if I was, then this would be a different story. But you know, I would like to see really see Tesla create a modern day DeLorean, like a car. That would be something that I would be interested in. If it was based on this presentation, if they can do something like this, they can definitely make a car version of this and make it look more like a DeLorean, a modern day DeLorean. Uh, would I buy this truck? Yeah, I would definitely. If I was a truck driver, if I had the purpose of hauling things around, that's the thing. Uh, most truck drivers, there are two categories I see based on more than 20 years of driving on the road. There are truck drivers that actually use their truck for hauling things. And then there are truck drivers that have an ego boost. Okay, most of my friends that I grew up with were the second category. They just drove a truck, a big truck that was raised because it boosted their ego. Okay, and they didn't—they wouldn't haul anything. They didn't have logs or bricks or rocks to haul and furniture. That's the—that's the sole purpose of having a truck to haul things around. That's why you have a truck instead of a car. It's like having a large suitcase that was empty and you carry it around with you everywhere you went. So, 
if I used a truck for hauling things, then definitely I would buy this truck out of any other truck. And the price is awesome. 40k. They Tesla was that was a good price, you know. Smart. Very smart. But I'm not a truck driver, so yeah, I'm not in the market for buying a truck, <laughs> unfortunately. And if I wanted to buy this truck just to show off, no, that's not me. Okay. And I, I think a lot of people in this audience are not truck drivers. They are not blue collared workers in this audience. I bet most of these people are Tesla drivers. They drive those Tesla model threes, but I think a lot of people are going to be buying this truck just to show off booster ego. That's what I bet. People who are not from the trucking world will get involved, which will be interesting to see. You know, more people switching to trucks based on this car or this truck, Cybertruck. I can see it happening, which is kind of good, but again, kind of bad. And I'll tell you why. Because here's another thing. Let's talk about Nike. Compared to Nike. Most people that you see on the street that are wearing Nike, are they runners? Are they runners? Do they run on a daily basis? I would say 9 out of 10 Nike shoe owners are not runners. Why do they wear Nikes? It's just for that status symbol. But what was the purpose? The original purpose for Nike shoes was for runners. That's why they were built. They were built out of Onitsuka Tiger shoes made in Japan. An American took that that concept and Americanized it and made it into Nike running shoes. That's what they were first promoted as. That's what they were built for running, not bowling, not walking, not powerlifting, not rock climbing. Nike shoes were, were originally made for runners. But the people that I see around me walking in malls, walking on the streets, walking outside, they don't look like they're runners. They're all just normal looking people. They're just so used to it. And you're asking, oh, yeah, 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 Justin, but yeah, there's there's more to running when it comes to Nike. There's the casual version and there's the leisure version, the weight training version. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But most of the people that I see wearing Nike shoes are wearing the running version of the shoe. Not the casual version, not the weightlifting, weight training, cross training version. They're wearing the the running version of the Nike shoe. That's my beef, okay? More tourists that flood the market can be a bad thing, okay? It, it can really uh, dilute the essence of a brand, in my opinion, like Nike, okay? People that wear Nike running shoes, you got to be a runner, okay? It's like people that have, a, like, own a... A truck, but don't haul anything. <laughs> Does it make sense? No, it doesn't. So that's my only take, you know, my only concern. Like I'll see we're gonna see a lot of cyber trucks on the road next year or so. And most of these drivers are not gonna be truck drivers. They're gonna be just like normal everyday people that just bought it because it looked cool. And that could be a bad thing. Especially on the road, you know? Uh, we have we already have a 
bad drivers on the road these days. So having it cluttered by giant cyber trucks can be another thing I'm not looking forward to seeing. That's all. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> In addition, the car has an adaptive uh, air suspension. The rear is 100 cubic feet, six and a half foot uh, length, bed length, uh, up to 3,500 pounds of payload. Bunch of sycophants in the audience. Yeah, all right. We, made an, we also made an ATV, so. That's cool. Does it come with the truck? <laughs> Having a truck and an ATV combination bundle for 40k, I would buy one. <laughs> I think the next move is to make a golf cart, a futuristic Tesla golf cart. It's cool, great, great show, great presentation. A lot of people are talking. That's all you need, okay? A lot of people talking after the show, you got. More more eyes and more sales. Great job. Now let's move on. We work. I don't know. I keep seeing we work in the news and I keep getting these videos. Explosion pose a systemic risk. Company went from a $47 billion valuation to near bankruptcy in just six weeks. It's been a kind of a phenomenal story to watch. We work is facing a cash crunch at its current burn rate of $700 million a quarter. It's probably going to run out of money by the first half of next year. How and what is this company going to do if it does? The company was an exciting fire. Ah, we work. Here's here's my opinion on, on we work. I knew it was an awful comp company from the beginning. Okay, what is we work? We work is just a place where millennials can hang out. See these millennials? These loser millennials? Yeah. These idiots, entrepreneurs can hang out all together working on their shitty small businesses on their MacBook Pros. Here's the thing. Oh, where is the picture for that? This is a typical WeWork gathering. It's a gathering place, okay? It's not a tech place, it's a gathering place. This is where millennials gather so they don't feel lonely and they work on their laptops doing whatever they're doing, supposedly working on their businesses, and there's a sense of community. But it's just basically a place to rent, okay? If you are a serious online business, you wouldn't be working in one of these places. You would be working at home or in your own office. Second place would be like a Starbucks or a cafe, but... I tried working in cafes. It's too distracting. There's too much noise, too many people yakking. You can't really, I can't really work in that kind of environment. And libraries are too quiet. Not good. I get most of my online work done at home in my own place where I can concentrate and there's no distractions. 
if I was trying to work in these places, I wouldn't get any work done because I want to talk to people. And I've seen so many of these nomad places where the people like go to these co-working spaces. It's all just bullshit. Okay. All these places, these co-working spaces, and I've been to a lot of them in Thailand. They're all like segregated. Okay. When you when you step foot in a co-working space for the first time, you'll notice that people are in groups. All right, and these groups are teams, and these teams are a company, a small company maybe, a local company, okay? They just work at the same table. If you try to talk to them, you're interrupting their work. They don't want to be bothered. If you don't want to be bothered, why would you step foot in a co-working space? Huh? Think about it, okay? You can do all that work in your own office or at home without being bothered or dis disturbed by anyone else. And you wouldn't have to spend money on these places, renting renting a spot, a table, or a desk, or a chair for an overpriced fee. So I don't know why digital nomads work in co-working spaces. I think they wanted to socialize and get out of the house or meet people, but that's not what happens in reality in these co-working spaces. Most people just keep to themselves. They don't want to be bothered. You would have better luck socializing in a bar or a cafe instead of these co-working spaces okay most of these people are plugged in they have giant headphones on and they have like these do not disturb looking faces on them if you try to say hi you're gonna piss off a lot of people in co-working spaces so i never understood the concept of paying a fee a, a huge fee an overpriced fee to work in one of these places where you just keep to yourself doesn't make sense and if i see any of these people working in these co-working spaces i can tell that they're not really serious about networking they're not really serious about getting work done and they're not really serious about their business i would say because yeah it doesn't make sense so to see this company we work you know go under is not surprising okay they buy these buildings up and they rent them out to these millennials and they don't make any money duh of course it's not gonna work we work on properties that he owned himself from we work somewhat of a conflict of interest he and the owner this this shady guy as report after this shady guy he just he ran off with millions of dollars and private jets and all this this scandal that he yeah people are com com comparing him to uh that Theranos girl that crazy looking girl yeah but the biggest loser out of all these people is this this guy the SoftBank guy I feel really bad for this guy for bailing out this scumbag. Um, yeah, this guy, uh, Mr. San, poor guy. I like, I like this guy. I, I watched his story. Great story. Uh, this guy, yeah, he earned where he is now, but this decision that he made recently to bail out this company, spending billions of dollars. Yeah, this will be his one biggest regret in life i bet on his deathbed
he would just keep thinking of WeWork as the biggest mistake of his life. And he's going to have to pay for it. Will he step down? I don't know. Will he learn from this mistake? Definitely. But yeah. Look up uh, Masahiro-san. He's a very interesting cat. Very interesting story. Uh, people say he's the Bill Gates of Japan. No, he's just... He's just a successful guy in Japan. Okay, you don't have to compare him to Bill Gates. And Bill Gates is another loser that I wouldn't compare him to because Bill Gates... Oh, that nerd. I don't know. I just I see a scumbag when I see Bill Gates. That face of his, what he did to others. Like, Read up on Bill Gates, how he, he got successful. Yeah, he, he rode off the shoulders of others. He... He cut. He's a cutthroat, Bill Gates. When you look at his story, very similar to Mark Zuckerberg, a cutthroat. If I had to do business with uh, Bill Gates or Masahiro-san, I would choose Masahiro-san because this guy. Uh, he's more well, well grounded. Bill Gates. He's got a few sins and you know, skeletons in his closet that he just hasn't come to grips with. Even to this day, I know he's doing the Bill Gates uh, Melinda Foundation for you know charity and philanthropy, but he still hasn't owned up to his character. He will still be remembered as that nerd that just cheated a lot of people to the way all this all the way to the top. That's what I would say. Steve Jobs, same. Steve Jobs, same category as Bill Gates. Yeah, that guy. A lot of people look up to Bill, uh, Steve Jobs as a hero. But you look into his history, what he did to others. Yeah, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, and you know, these guys are cutthroats, scumbags. No. Be careful. Business is tough. Dealing with cutthroats is even tougher. So be careful who you invest with. And if you don't believe me, just learn from Masahiro-san and dealing with this motherfucker, this guy, this scumbag. There's a lot of these in business, in all sorts of fields. <laughs> so thank God WeWork is going under because yeah, I'm, I'm sick of these co-working spaces. Okay, get your own work done in your own home or in your own office. Okay, you don't need to go out to these co-working spaces and give them money. Last story for today is uh, this video that I saw recently for uh, Asian Boss. <laughs> Asian Boss. This YouTube channel. Uh, I've been uh, following this channel for since its inception when the two guys, the Korean guy and the Japanese guy, first started out making videos. And it's grown into this, like, uh, how can I say, Asian media channel where they just cover topics from around all these Asian countries like Japan, Korea, Vietnam, Cambodia, and all that. And uh, yeah, this uh, this recent video is talking about the Japanese uh, four-hour work week, or four-day, sorry, work week. <laughs>
For decades, Japanese working culture was notorious for the long hours put in by company employees. But in recent years, there has been numerous efforts to combat this culture of overworking. In August 2019, Microsoft conducted an experiment in its Japanese offices where it gave every one of their 2,300 employees Friday off. And days ago, they announced that this caused worker productivity to increase by 40%. Okay, so this is true. Okay, I can give you my perspective on this case. Productivity in Asia is terrible. Okay, don't believe what you see in front of you. Okay, like when you see Japanese people or Korean people working six, seven days a week, like、uh, insane hours, that's all bullshit. Because I've seen it firsthand. I've worked in these buildings firsthand as an employee, and I've seen what goes on. Not a lot goes on, okay? Most of these businessmen or these higher ups, these people that are making your smartphones or electronics or important, very important people, are just desk warming at the end of the day. Most of them are just desk warming. They're just sitting at their desk, keeping it warm, okay? Not a lot of productivity is seen throughout the day. I, I've, I've seen people. That start their days like 5 a.m. They show up and then they don't leave until like midnight. And I watched them like a hawk. I, mean, <clears throat> I watched them like a hawk. And what I've seen is they don't really do much in terms of productivity. And, like, and I always quiz people, other, other employees, Korean employees, Japanese, and like, what do you guys do throughout the day? Like, give me a, a synopsis of what your schedule looks like every hour. And、you would be surprised. Like, not a lot of it has to do with the actual work that they were hired or paid to do, because it's all about face in Asia. And I think that, yeah, there's a clash now going on between old style of thinking and the new style of thinking. The old style is the traditional style, like work at your desk, stay there six, seven days a week. Keep your boss happy, keep the harmony happy, keep everything, you know, that's the old style. The new way is like what we're seeing right now, like, you know, less work days and more productivity. Duh! <laughs> Do you know how many people or workers waste their time reading books, like looking at YouTube videos, or just playing video games at their desk? and It's seen on the outside as being productive because they're at their desk all the time. So, this is not surprising. Yeah, in a society where the hard work and devotion to one's company has long been the. <sighs> devotion to one's company. That, that's another problem. The Asian thinking. Devotion to one's company. You know, once you work for a company, it's like. It's not like a job over there. Like, not like over here in North America. It's more like you're married. To someone. Okay? When you marry someone, you don't think about divorcing that person. No, you think about staying with that person for the rest of your life till death do us part. That's what devotion to a company is like in Asia. You work at Samsung, you work at Samsung for the rest of your life. You work at Sony, you work at Sony for the rest of your life. You are married to your job. And the, the sad thing is, you know, I've tried dating like girls that are in these companies. And I know for a fact that 
every time I try to date one, it's doomed to fail because their first boyfriend or their first husband is always their company boss. Okay? This is pro tip for you. Any of you guys that are dating a Korean or Japanese or an Asian girl that works in one of these offices or companies, there's going to be a lot of uh, friction between you and her job. Her job comes first, and you will always come second or third. And uh, my advice to you, if you try to date one of these people, my answer is don't. It's just a waste of time. It's just, yeah, it's an uphill battle. It won't end well. Because like I said, they work six, seven days a week. On the days off, they sleep. They sleep. They just sleep, literally sleep on throughout the whole day on their day off. And they do it again, six, another six days a week. So this is not really productive. It never was. And uh, yeah, if I had a company like this, then I would set standards like a four-day work week like Microsoft has been doing. And it would solve a little bit more of these problems. Like, uh, for example, like Japanese people having babies or getting married. Why do you think they're not doing that? It's because, again, they are married to their work they are married to their company that's their first marriage so uh good for microsoft so how exactly shut up i usually work 7 30 to 8 p.m no you do not you do not what he's trying to say is i am at my office from 7 30 to 8 30 p.m but in terms of work doing the actual work it's not from 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. It's usually like I do a couple hours of work, actual work. But the rest of the time, I'm reading a book. I'm scanning uh, websites. I'm playing with my phone. I'm playing computer games. I'm listening to a podcast. I'm drinking coffee. I'm chatting with my coworkers. I'm going for a cigarette smoke. That's what he's really saying. So... Most of them haven't been able to enjoy their life. Well, duh, because you're, again, you can't enjoy life when you're married to your job. You're, you're expected to be at your desk six days a week for like 12 hours a day. And the reason they do that is because the boss does that. And the boss does that, everybody has to do that. It's like uniformity. It's this, this herd mentality that pissed me off. And you know what the funny thing is? Like I remember that all the foreign workers that uh, were on staff at my job, they all left at 6 p.m. Why? Because they had families to go back to, back home to. You know, They had kids, they had wives, they had dinner plans and all that. And were they looked down upon by their Korean coworkers? Yes, they were. That was like uh, they were seen as very rude and it's not appropriate. You're supposed to stay until the boss leaves. But they said, fuck it. No, <laughs> I have a life. I'm a foreigner. I got my wife and kids to go back home to and take care of. So I respect them for leaving earlier leaving us on the appropriate time when they're not getting paid anymore because they don't get paid overtime no they just they don't on paper they don't 
So when when their contract says like work ends at 6 p.m. that's and they don't get paid beyond that, then that they leave, and that's smart. But is it smart in the long run? Who knows? Who knows if they're still there? But at least they had balance in their life. They knew what limits they had in themselves, and that limit for most foreigners is they can't work from 7:30 to 8:30 p.m. or like to beyond. And then there's company dinners and then karaoke and all this bullshit. It's just, it's really like, yeah, it's like being part of the mafia. <laughs> so you can't get out. And if you do, they'll kill you. And if you stay long, and the longer you stay in the mafia, you, the more chances you'll die from your work. That's what it's like, seriously. So anybody who tells me, should I work for a Japanese company in Japan or a Korean company in Japan? My answer is no. Hell no. Unless unless it's a foreign-run company. So, for example, if Microsoft in Japan, like Microsoft, American company, American, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, American management in Japan, then yes, definitely. So always, I had one friend that I grew up with uh, he had a job at this foreign company in Korea and yeah he told me about their 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 rules and their standards so yeah everybody goes home at 5 p.m. right there's nobody stays overtime yes because again it's a foreign company so it was great for him because uh, yeah it was such breath of fresh air being able to leave on time and enjoy the rest of his day with his girlfriend so there you go so yeah, check out this uh, this video because this guy, he, we're here. This guy pisses me off. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> See, this is what I'm talking about. This is what, this is a perfect example of the old style, old way of thinking. It's so funny reading the comments from this guy. Everybody thinks he's, they want to shout, okay, boomer, <laughs> to this old guy. I really want to say, okay, boomer, to that old man. <laughs> yeah, totally boomer. Like, this is such a typical example of someone who is closed-minded. And he's just, he's stuck in the old way of thinking, and there's no way forcing him out. So... Lazy work ethics? No. That's not true. That's totally not true. Anyways, you decide for yourself. Watch this video if you want. And uh, yeah, that's where we leave off this podcast. So if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for uh, the next episode, yeah, leave them down below. And until next time, yeah, I look forward to seeing you again. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah.